Paranorm podcast contains content that might not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. This is Paranorm Podcast. Hello guys, welcome back to Paranorm, the podcast where we chat all things true crime and paranormal. I'm Emily. I'm Sierra. And this week we're discussing a missing persons case since it's been a hot minute since we've done that. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we do, this week has been a fucking doozy. Um, <laughs> so how are you, Sierra? I mean, <laughs> all things considered, I think I'm okay. I don't. I'm not like a weird mental state, but I don't think it has anything to do with what happened this week. Just I feel like we say this every week, but this week has been a doozy. But I feel like this also tops every week that we've had that's been a doozy. Uh, Except for having to move within a span well, of like. Uh, yeah, other than that. Yeah. Yeah. Even then, I feel like mentally this week has done me in. I know you guys are like biting your nails trying to figure <laughs> out what the fuck I'm talking about. But um, on Monday... That was Monday? Yeah. Probably. Okay. Yeah, Monday. So the start of our wonderful week. <laughs> um, I got hurt at work. Um, I fell down. I got knocked down by a, a dog. Um, before you guys worry, she's a very lovely dog. I didn't get attacked by her. Um, she she kind of hit my knees just right, in the back of my knees just right, and my legs buckled and kind of fell underneath me. Um, and I broke my ankle. Um, and then I sprained my hip, and I tore a muscle in my hip as well. So um, I'm in a, a boot. I fucking hate this shit. <laughs> I It's all on my right leg as well, so I'm not allowed to drive. I'm also not allowed to drink alcohol with the medicine that I'm taking, and <laughs> it's not going well. <laughs> um, but I had to, like, stay overnight um, at the hospital, which is the first time I've ever done that, mm-hmm. which is very strange in COVID times to begin with um, because, like, nobody was allowed to stay with me or anything. Um, so, because they did a CAT scan and it appeared that I had appendicitis <laughs> on top of everything. Um, turns out I don't have appendicitis, so I still have an appendix. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I guess. I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a very stressful week. Um, it was just, a, it was just a lot. Um, but I got to see Mags this weekend, yeah. so that was pretty fun. Um, we went to the national park in South Carolina and that was shit. <laughs> It rained the entire time we were there. I couldn't even hike because of the stupid boot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting the boot off. But then immediately after I get the boot off, I have to have surgery on my hip. <laughs> like a 90 year old woman. This will be my third hip surgery. <laughs> God, that sounds so bad. <laughs> I mean, it is bad. It is really <laughs> bad. Um, but yeah, this is my third hip surgery. Good Lord. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be out of work for at least three months. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of dying on the inside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, in about one week, we will also probably be dying. So <laughs> if you could like, I don't know, send something for Emily to do. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> that would be really great. <laughs> I'm not allowed to drive. Let me just say that again. I am not allowed to fucking drive. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to cope with that. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to. <laughs> I can't stand sitting still. Like, it's just not who I am. Like, I have to be doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Sierra knows this all too well. This is why I redid our guest bedroom three different times and redid my bedroom twice. 
Um, I just, I feel like I need to be doing something. Um, so this is going to be an experience, which I, for my hip surgery, the first time I was out for six months, Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't great. It wasn't great for my mental health, but at least now I have like other people that I'm living with because I was by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it just, it just, the whole thing is very interesting. If you guys have any ideas for what I can do that doesn't involve like me driving somewhere, (laughs) I'm very concerned. I told Sierra, I was like, I need to find something to like focus all of my energy on, you know? That makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I feel like watching Netflix all day shouldn't be it. <laughs> yeah. They're telling me what to do. Shouldn't yeah. be it. <laughs> yeah. I need you to go to the store and get this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that is that is what's happening. The the boot is very uncomfortable. Um, I, I don't enjoy it. 10 out of 10 would not recommend it. Um, mm. I'm surprised by that. <laughs> Um, I'm a huge germaphobe, um, so the fact that I have to sleep in this thing after I've been walking around on it all day really freaks me out. Um, <laughs> I'm ready to get it off, let's just say that, and that'll probably not be the last you hear me complain about it, So, because I'm going to be in this bitch for another four weeks. So we'll be back next week. <laughs> not next week. Not next week. <laughs> the week after. Whatever. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. But, yeah, that's how I've been. (laughs) Sierra's been hanging in there. Probably. (laughs) I mean, you made cupcakes yesterday, so there's that. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like vacations do, like, a weird thing to me. Like, whenever whenever I have, like, a day off, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just get weird. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what that means. What do you mean you get weird? I think you're fine. (laughs) (laughs) You're not in here. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) She pointed to her head. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, so. That is the boot making noises. So trying to find a a comfortable position with this bitch is a whole ordeal. I also um, got an earring stuck in the bottom of it (laughs) a few moments ago, and the lovely Chloe helped me get it out. It's a whole ordeal. It's it's a whole ordeal. Um, Like this case, it's an ordeal. Let me me just say it's a fucking doozy. (laughs) It's so convoluted, and I hope I do it justice because um, the, the... You'll, you'll find out. You'll find out. Okay. So, are you ready? Yeah. For this case? Are you sure? I think so. Okay. So, like I said before, um, we are talking about a missing woman. Her name is Heather Teague. Um, Heather was born on April 25th, 1972, which made her 23 at the time of her disappearance, which is the same age as me. I just realized that. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I haven't even taken any of my pain pills since, like, this morning, so we're just going to fully blame that on Emily Brain. <laughs> All right. Um, she has brown hair and green eyes. Whoa. <laughs> also like me. <laughs> Wait. Are you Heather G? <laughs> I just realized that. Holy fucking shit. Okay. Anyway, she looks like your average, like, 90-something. Nine, not 90-something. <laughs> Whoa. Good morning. <laughs> 90s. She is like you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> oh, my God. No. 90s, 20-something. Like, like 
pure saved by the bell energy, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Like Lisa Turtle almost was the hair. Mm-hmm. She was a short little thing like you, um, but she was also like really tiny. She was five foot two and only like a hundred pounds, give yeah. or take. So she was teeny. Um, so to get right into it, Heather was home for summer break from college on August 26th, 1995. And she was sunbathing at Newburgh Beach in Henderson County, Kentucky. Now, it isn't known for how long she was sunbathing for um, before she was abducted, but she was allegedly observed being abducted by a man named Tim Waterhall. Waterhall? I don't really know how to pronounce it, but I don't really care at this point. And you'll find out why. Um, And possibly his wife were watching the beach area through a telescope across from the Ohio River at, like, around 1230, 1245. Mm -hmm. And the witnesses told authorities that he saw a Caucasian man approach Teague at the time. The the abductor allegedly grabbed Teague by the hair, like, wrapped the Mm -hmm. hair around his um, wrist and yanked her um, and uh, dragged her into the woods off of Newburgh Beach at gunpoint. The abductor was approximately six feet tall and weighed 210 to 230 pounds. He had brown hair and a bushy beard. He was wearing jeans and did not have a shirt on. He was also reported to be wearing a wig and a mosquito net at the time that he abducted Heather, which what is strange, right? Okay. It just gets stranger. <laughs> you don't. You have no idea. <laughs> no, I don't. Please don't me. <laughs> According to Heather's mother in an interview with Southern Gone Podcast, Heather's mother's name is Sarah. Um, it has been rumored but not confirmed um, that a local police officer was on the beach at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, Heather may have been an informant as she was involved in drugs at the time. Also not confirmed because I only saw that at like one or two places mm-hmm. um, that she could have possibly been an informant. So the police arrived shortly after the search, like after her disappearance, and they searched the beach and um, did not find Heather. They did, however, find her bathing suit and other personal items, which again is strange. Like, wasn't she wearing her bathing suit? Yeah, yeah. Um, they then call Heather's family around two thirty. Again, she was abducted around twelve forty-five. Um, and speak to her mother, Sarah, in a tone that Sarah describes as panic and questioning if they knew where Heather was, like if Sarah and her family knew where Heather was. Um, Sarah, confused at this point, responds with um, like a simple no, we don't know where she is. And the police say, hang on a minute, and then hang up the phone. Yeah, yeah. Um, then proceed to call back again in a state of panic and tell the family that Heather had left her car abandoned at the beach. So not that someone had seen her be abducted, but that she had just left it there? Yeah. Yes. So from that point, Sarah and her other daughter, Holly, um, drive to the beach, which again, at this point, Heather, know, like the police know that Heather did not abandon her car, but... That she had fact been in fact had been abducted, like because again it's two it's almost two thirty, yeah probably like three by the time they get there yeah and... exactly, and when they reach the beach when they reach the beach, 
<laughs> it is when they received news that Heather had not abandoned her car, but in fact she had been taken. So that's a little sketchy, and another thing that the family and I frankly find odd. You know, it's like just what's one the of point the, of that? Yeah, exactly. So um, when they arrive, they are immediately met with Kentucky State Police. So not the county police, the state police. Um, and the Henderson police were being less than forthcoming with the details. Like they don't know about the they don't know about the witness. They don't know that um, her anything more than the fact that she she is not being found and she's not been found and her car is left there in the parking lot. Um, along like those same lines, it was discovered that Heather had just the night before met with a Henderson police officer who less than a year later was made an FBI agent. Okay. So that, that, that becomes important later. Um, now back to the investigation, police also, also discovered footage that had been filmed by a farmer filming one of his fields. I think this is adorable. He was trying to catch vandals in his <laughs> footage. Um, but they spot Heather's car parked beside a red Bronco mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't really, like, hardcore evidence. I mean, somebody just parked their Bronco there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just like, huh, that's interesting, mm. you know? So he was he was taking foot of a, footage of his farm, but he saw her car like in like, on the beach? Yeah. I don't really... Like, parked, like, in the parking lot or, yeah. or wherever mm-hmm. she parked it along the... To go to the beach. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this was, like... On the Kentucky slash Indiana border. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's, like, right there. Like, Indiana State Police are, get involved and, um, like, Evansville Police get involved mm-hmm. and everything. I believe that's where Heather was from as Evansville. But, like, I could not find anything, like, stating where she was from. Mm-hmm. It was really irritating me. What side of the river was she on? She was on the Kentucky side. Mm. I don't know. Because Kentucky State Police... Yeah. Yeah. It was it's it's very convoluted. I'm telling you, this whole thing was very convoluted and it was making my head hurt. Yeah. I had to stop for a moment and just play my game <laughs> because I was like, good lord. Um anyway, so now after the announcement was made that Heather had gone missing and gave the info about the vehicle, like the pol- the farmer had given the information about the Bronco. Yeah. And I was going to say about like the videotape. Um to police, they had stopped a man at like a running your run in the mill traffic stop, driving none other than a red Bronco. Also, every time I hear Bronco, all I think about is my grandpa's Bronco, and mm-hmm. it is the exact same one as the OJ one. And I know I've told Sierra this, but when the whole OJ thing was going on, my grandpa put a sign in the back of his Bronco that said "Not OJ." <laughs> <laughs> that's all I picture every single time because <laughs> it just cracks me up. Um, anyway, so this dude was driving a, um, a red Bronco. And when the officers searched his Bronco, they found two guns, two knives, duct tape, rope, and brown hair in the um, tailgate along with a bunch, or not a bunch, a few blood stains. Um, now, even more interesting is the um, guy that was driving this, his name was Marvin Dill, Marty sh- for short, resembled the sketch that the witness had given. The telescope guy. Yeah, telescope creep is how I referred to him in my notes, and that is how I will continue to refer to him, uh, mostly because I don't feel like he deserves his name. 
It's, it's just a thing. I have beef with this man. Okay. <laughs> like, why is your and telescope... Yes, like, why are you just watching this random... Okay, okay, let me, let me just say this. Because I'm going to say it more, but I need to say it now. I need to get out of my system. Why are you watching the beach? And how are you watching the beach at that exact moment? And watching this one specific girl at that one moment? You know? Like... I mean, he was just watching everybody on the beach. and But at the one moment you're watching her, that's re- it just, I find it very creepy. I find it very creepy. Why are you watching the beach with a telescope? That's mm. weird. That's his pastime. <laughs> maybe <laughs> he was really, weird maybe he was pastime. trying to watch the birds that frequent the beach. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. I don't know his life. I have beef with this man. Um, now, do you need to send him a letter and let him know? I think he's dead. Oh. So, all right. I'm not sure though. I don't quote me on that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so Mr. Dill um, was not arrested when they found all the stuff in the car. For whatever reason, they let him go. Now, after this little meeting, tips started coming in about Dill with people saying he could have connections to Heather. So with this, the police were like, I guess we'll do our jobs. We'll go arrest this man. And um, they go to Dill's home to question him. But the moment that Dill found out that the police were coming to speak with him, he completed suicide by shooting himself in the head, which this all sounds pretty damning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, as it turns out, the sketch that Telescope Creek gave was drawn four days after the abduction day with, um, with uh, Telescope Creep. That's just how I wrote his name in the entire notes. So, adamantly denied the sketch was drawn from anything other than eyewitness accounts. However, the sketch looks exactly like Mr. Dill's um, 1994 driver's license photo, like exactly like it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's what he said to Medina, Ohio police detective Scott Thomas, when Thomas came to Indiana to question him last year. Uh, the body features particularly were similar, but that's all I, t- that's all. And I told Scott, and this is important that I will not change my story, that the person that I saw on the beach to this day is the person that identified as Mr. Dell. And Yes, it matched to a degree, like like I just said, it matched his 1994 driving license photo. However, this is 1995, and the major difference is that Mr. Dill, Mr. Marvin Dill, was bald at this point. So he wasn't in his photo slash sketch, but he was in real life. Yeah, because remember... Telescope oh. Creep described him as having bushy hair and a beard. Mm-hmm. So, Miss Sarah, who at this point I'm only referring to as Babs because she is one, um, which if you guys don't know is badass bitch. Anyway, so this woman, like seriously, she, she does it all. She goes and gets signed affidavits from Dill's family members confirming the fact that he was and had been since he was in jail, which was like a couple months ago um, from this incident, and that there had been a lice outbreak at the jail that he was out, mm-hmm. and they had shaved him bald, even his beard, mm-hmm. and his wife had said it, it freaked her out when she went to visit him because she had never seen him that Mm -hmm. clean-shaven. 
so now let's get on to get into Marvin's death death a little bit. Um, our wonderful Babs, Miss Sarah, um, of this story waited eight years to get an autopsy report of Marvin's, uh, like detailing Mar- Marvin's death. And in it, it says he was shot at an angle with no gunpowder residue on his hands. And Which is impossible. Yes. Um, uh, do, 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 do. And it was found out by some right-directed questions that when police arrived to the trailer and surrounded it, no one questioned where Heather was. Like, no one asked him if he knew where Heather was. And when they even let his dad go in the trailer and give him his Prozac medicine. Why? Yeah, exactly. Um, after Marvin had completed suicide, you would think that this would be the end. Like, this would be the end of the route, right? Nope. Um, the police proceeded to try and gather evidence against Dill. They even took their case to a grand jury, which led nowhere, as they did not have enough evidence. Everything was circumstantial, um, with, dead, uh, with Dill being dead and his wife, who had been subpoenaed but was pleading the fifth, which is used if you are going to incriminate yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she refused to speak, which, I mean okay, you know, do what you need to do. Um, that is where we're going to leave suspect number one. And I use that term very lightly. Um, the next we move on to suspect slash weird thing that made me go, huh? Uh, number two in this case, and that is telescope creep, which we are going to find out why I keep calling him that. Because again, I just, I don't understand why his telescope was pointed at the beach at that very direct moment. Like, it's, it's just weird. Like, why are you using a telescope to watch people at the beach? It just, it just makes me unsettled. It would make me unsettled if he was using binoculars as well. It's not just like the telescope aspect of it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay. Anyway, so now this dude claims that he called 911 right after he witnessed the abduction. However, poli- the police department, which is Henderson, um, County police claim that there is no such call. However, we know for a fact that um, he called Indiana State Police before he called Henderson County Police, or I, I think it was either Henderson County or um, Kentucky State Police. Um, but we know for a fact that he called them at one, which is like still, if she was abducted between twelve thirty four to twelve forty five, that's that's a that's a pretty decent sized gap, you know, in time of but waiting. Why would you, oh, I guess he's in Indiana. And he's viewing them from across the river. So he's in Indiana and mm-hmm. she's, out, she's in Kentucky. Yes. Um, you good? Yeah. I was just, why would he call Indiana State Police? But I guess <laughs> he's in Indiana. He's in Indiana, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so that's what it was. The Kentucky State Police claim that there was no such call made to them. Um, Now, another thing that was weird was the guy rode with the Kentucky State Police in a boat across the river to find Heather's bathing suit bottoms. Odd. Okay. I love how you just give me blank stares. It just makes me feel like you're really, truly listening. (laughs) It really... (laughs) 
concerns me. Well, why would the Kentucky State Police go over to his side and then come all the way back? Right? Like, I, I can kind of see, like, show us where you saw this happen. But, like, then again, it, it, it's just odd. Well, like, you wouldn't necessarily give them your location. You would give them the location of what you saw. Mm-hmm. And so how would they know to come find you wherever you are? Yeah. So along with this, it was also alleged um, that he was told that this, this um, telephone caller dude was told to leave town with his family by police for his safety. No. Yes. And he went to Texas. So um, back to that supposed 911 call, our wonderful Babs. Um, In 2007, so 12 years after Heather's disappearance, filed an attorney, or not filed an attorney, hired an attorney. There we go. It's a day for some reason. Hired an attorney. What the fuck? Okay, hired an attorney. There we go. I got it. Um, To file a motion against the police to release the phone call. Um, And you know how helpful police are. Mm -hmm. Super, you know. So They they get right on that, I tell you. Mm -hmm. So they, of course, say, oh, well, there isn't one. And then they change it to, oh, it wasn't recorded. It can't not be recorded. Yes. Then they change it again to, oh, it was recorded over. So finally, they change it again. And they were given a little snippet by the Kentucky State Police. And um, the, uh, this is how we know that the Indiana State Police had one at around 1.15. Like, that's when the Indiana State Police received theirs. And that was, that was all. We just know that the Indiana State Police received one at 1.15. Wait, how? Because the Kentucky State Police told the family that, hey, this is this is when this was released, and that's all we can give you. Like, we don't have anything else to give you is so what the, the story Indiana they were going with. So the Indiana State Police gave, or gave it to Kentucky? No. <laughs> they had that. Who's they? The Kentucky State Police uh-huh. had. <laughs> I, feel like you're, I feel like I'm confusing you more, but they had, like, um, time stamps. Uh-huh. That the Indiana State Police were the only ones that received a call at 1.15. That Kentucky didn't receive a call. So they had Indiana State Police's records? Yes. Like, why didn't Indiana State Police just give it to her? They did. They already had Indiana's. Indiana's not the one that's fucking with them. Kentucky yeah. is. Kentucky doesn't have, is saying that they don't have records of the phone call. And their phone call is the one that they're, like, hinging all of this stuff on. Like, that Marvin Dill's guilty and all this stuff. Like, that's the phone call that they're after because that's the one that has the eye, like, what he saw and, like, what the dude looked like and what Heather was doing. That's the one that they need because Indiana's isn't really that important. Does that make sense? So he did, why didn't he tell the same thing to both people? Because I'm guessing Indiana State Police told him to call Kentucky State Police. I don't know. I don't know. Either. I wasn't there. Telescope creep. Gosh dang it. I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> Well, what good are you? <laughs> you were. Why weren't you there? <laughs> I was not even, well. You were five. I was busy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking 
know. All right, let me scroll back down. Okay, that was all that they were given. And which was nothing. Which is nothing. So, do, 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 um, it, now again, in 2008, Babs and her daughter Holly, as well, uh, hire, as well as their attorney that they've hired in 2007, um, met again with Kentucky State Police and are played the supposed 911 call, the supposed real 911 call that the Kentucky State Police received. And but it didn't exist. Yes. And it was recorded over. And it wasn't recorded. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. They, again, are only given a snippet of it. And in it, Tim, telescope creep, is heard saying that he either had long, bushy hair and a beard or was wearing a mosquito net. Which, again, is two separate how things. Is that, how does that even look the same? Exactly. Um, which is what the family was originally told. Like, this is this. Sorry, I had to heck up. Um, which is what the family was originally told. So, this is the thing that they've been hearing since 1995. He had bushy hair and a beard, or was wearing a mosquito net, you know? No shirt, jeans, all that other stuff. Um, however, Babs at this point knows that Marvin Dill was clean shaven, even though they're still trying to put this on Marvin. Um, so we're going to do, like, another little time jump. Okay. Into 2016. <laughs> it's like eight more years down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, where the Teague family had brought a case against the Kentucky State Police again um, for withholding the phone call evidence, which they won, uh, rightfully so, because the Kentucky State Police were obviously withholding evidence. They finally got to hear what is believed to be the full phone call this time. Um, and in it, telescope telescope creep there we go um is heard saying that he just called the indiana state police at 115 which i'm sorry but i gotta keep pointing it out is odd because she was believed to be taken at like 12 30 12 45 and that's a big gap you know to something that you just witnessed this girl get yanked up out of her chair um Now, Telescope Creep says he waited a while to call police because he thought it was her boyfriend messing around. Which, what? If I saw that and I thought it was her boyfriend, I would still call the police immediately because no man needs to be touching a woman. No person needs to be touching another person like that. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Kind of weird. It's kind of violent and abusive is more what I was thinking. But I guess he's a guy, so he's like, eh. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Now, it just, it just disgusts me I mean, even it doesn't more, make though. it right, but... No, I'm it just disgusts me even more. Like, ugh, okay. Anyway, now, back to Babs and her wonderfulness. Says that when she heard this, that is, like, the next part of this, it crushed her. Which, it kind of, kind of fucked with me, too, because this is not wonderful. Um, that being said, what was on the call was 100% different than what was told to them for 20 years. And that story was the tel- that telescope creep had been eating lunch with his wife, and his wife looked through the telescope to see a man standing kind of in the tree line, you know, mm-hmm. and the ma- that the man crouched down real slow, then approached Heather to then whisper into Heather's ear and mm-hmm. kind of put her his hand on her neck, like flat on her neck, and then wrapped his wrist in Heather's hair, yanked her up at that point, 
at that point, they spotted something shiny and silver, like in his waistline or in his hand. They couldn't really tell. And this commotion made Heather drop her towel in the sand. Now, that is not what this bitch said on the phone to the Kentucky State Police. Nope. He said that he saw the man charged at Heather from the tree line, yanked her up, towers, towel still in tow, and off into the woods he went. So a little bit different, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, why would the Kentucky State Police hide this, and why would they want to protect it to this point is what I have to keep asking myself. Right, because it's not like telling the parents would give them more information than they wanted to, like, release, you know? Yeah. And, like, the whole idea that this could have been, like, a joking boyfriend, that's really violent motion. Also, the, the boyfriend probably would have already been there. Yeah. Like. Yes. But, like, again, that's a really violent motion. If, I, if I, you or I saw that, like, we would immediately think something was wrong. Or at least I would. Like, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, because, like... That would be like, what would you do? I don't know. I mean, even if he was, like, trying to scare her, Mm -hmm. like, he wouldn't, like, drag her away. He wouldn't yank her like that. They might, like, go into the woods to do whatever. Yeah. But, like, he wouldn't, like, drag her by the hair. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, then it, of course, comes to... Like, it, like, this avalanche of new discovery comes to, um, that they are hold, withholding more evidence than what was first believed in 2005. Um, it was discovered that they, in 2005, it was discovered, and they are, the family aren't finding out about it until 2016. Mm-hmm. So, in, um, it was discovered that they had been sitting on evidence from the Bronco search for 10 years. Hadn't even ran it or anything. Just sitting. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, um, which the family, again, didn't find out until 2016 mm-hmm. when they filed this motion and won. Um, these files aren't all that helpful, like the files that they received, because they are heavily redacted, like to the point where um, Sarah went to inquire, like with the FBI, which the FBI were taken off the case at this point, Um she was given the runaround once more, and she <laughs> literally gets in, like enthralled in all of this bureaucratic paper nightmare. Mm-hmm. Like one office is telling her to go here, another office is going mm-hmm. to here, like just getting tossed around. And she gets tossed around from the straight up inspector general's office and just keeps going, keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. And it is finally kind of stuck in, like, this limbo with everyone stating that it is the other one's fault. I, mm-hmm. Like, the state police are saying that it's not redacted at their level, but the FBI are saying that they received it redacted. Mm-hmm. So, which leads me to believe even more so that the state police is protecting somebody on that level with there being evidence to support that. I mean, I've just listed a whole bunch of it. Um, like... The fact, and I didn't even mention this, and and the fact that Heather had been seeing an officer, I did tell you this, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And his sudden promotion slash his sudden (laughs) um, removal from the Kentucky State Police, you know, just kind of like they're trying to get him away. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And another officer as well was also fast-tracked in his career and was moved higher up and then also moved around away from this case. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the same officer sent Heather's mother, Sarah, a letter stating that she wasn't allowed any further contact with him since she had accused him and the state of um, obstruction of justice, which they were literally proven guilty of doing so. It's not like she's like going to see him to go to see him. Like, yeah. For funsies. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, isn't there for off when they are doing things like punishing the officers who are giving family something like something for them to hold on to. They gave them a little snippet of the timestamp of when the Indiana state police were called Mm -hmm. at one fifteen. That Sergeant that gave them that information was demoted and moved to traffic duty and then forced into an early retirement. Okay. Yes. Um, but no obstruction of justice here. So I know we are like going down the highway here and I'm kind of like in every fucking lane that there is. So we're just going to veer off another little way <laughs> um, from all of this fishiness uh, to another person of interest that I found. And his name is Christopher J. Below, a native of Henderson, Kentucky. And um, I'll put like a picture of everybody on the blog. So, because there's a lot of names in this and I apologize, but that's just how this is. Um, anyway, so he pled guilty to attempted involuntary manslaughter in a connection with the death of the um, of Catherine Fetzer in 1991 and is currently serving a prison sentence of 11 to 18 years for the crime. So Fetzer's body has never been found, but below confessed to shooting her and pled guilty to attempted involuntary manslaughter. He also is considered a a suspect in Mary Koshoto, Shailene Farrell, and Christina Porco. Investigators believe that Below may have attacked other women who physically resembled Fetzer. Both Teague and Fetzer have long, dark hair and were about five foot, give or take, and 100 pounds. Um, Below was known to be in the general area where Teague was abducted, but shortly after her disappearance, on the same day Dill completed suicide, Below left Kentucky. But he wasn't already in custody no from the 1991 thing no he wasn't he wasn't like found like they didn't know it was him yet oh for the 1991 one okay um so it was also found out that he below dill and teague shared some acquaintances Mm -hmm. um although the witnesses to teague's Teague's abduction consistently identified Dill and not Below as the kidnapper. Authorities believe that they had circumstantial evidence to tie Below into that crime as well. However, it was heavily circumstantial. Um, They believed he and Dill may have done it together. Perhaps one grabbed Teague and the other one drove the getaway car. Below has not been charged in connection with Teague's case um, due to lack of conclusive evidence including linking him to the crime. In um, 
Now, this is where I just, I'm so happy for, for our bab, Sarah. Mm-hmm. She was awarded $24,000 from the Kentucky State Police for withholding the 911 calls from the day that Heather went missing. Um, these calls were requested and denied in 2016, over 20 years since Heather was abducted. Uh, KSP was accused by both Sarah and her attorney um, in discrepancies in the 911 call that they listened to in 2008. And another call in 2016, both featured the voice of the eyewitness. So it's just, it's just really weird, you know? Like, why would you go to this many... Such great a link, Yeah, to... thank you. To protect this one dude and to fuck up this one case. I mean, obviously, like, covering something up. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, it just, it's so fucking shady, and it's so sad, because they still don't have Heather's body, and she was, had, she had to declare Heather legally dead in mm-hmm. 2005 in order to file the motion against the Kentucky State Police. Like, the whole thing is so fucked. Like, I can't, and I know I said this the last missing persons case, but I can't imagine not knowing Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's like the control freak in me because I have to know everything. But like, even still, like not knowing what happened to someone and like feeling like you have to give up on finding them yeah. in order to figure out what is actually going yes. on. Yes, and then in every single way, the people that are supposed to help you find them mm-hmm. are doing everything in their power to stop you from finding out more. It's absolutely disgusting. But that is. That is what I have for you right now. Um, this is an ever-unfolding story. Like, that last little bit about the um, money that Sarah was awarded was just from 2018. There was also a couple new articles from um, June and July of 2020, but I didn't find anything more recent than those. Mm-hmm. And that was just kind of rehashing the same things. Um, Sarah has a Facebook page um, called Where is Heather Teague? There's also a podcast that I listen to and I don't usually like to listen to other podcasts about case that I do just because I don't want it to kind of influence me in any way, you know? Um, I, I see, you know, a lot, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's called TM podcast and Sarah actually talks on that one. It's mm-hmm. a really, really good interview. Um, she gives a lot more details than I could put in this just because we'd be sitting here forever. Um, but it's, it's just, if you guys have any any kind of idea where this woman could be or, like, any idea of what could have happened to Heather, um, you can reach out to Sarah at 270-836-7643. Um, I would give you the Kentucky State Police, but, I mean... At this point, they can't really be I, trusted. About. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm going to go with the NAMUS Regional Program Specialist. Her name is Amy Hobbs. Um, her phone number is 865-235-6523. And again, I, I mentioned her Facebook page. If you just Google Heather Teague's name, her Facebook page is one of the first things that pop up. Um, it's got an email on there. It's got the website and it's got everything. It's got pictures of her, which we, of course, put on our blog. Um, it's just a family out there needs closure, you know? Yeah. Um, but if I have another update, I will. I have my Google alert set. So <laughs> if something happens, I will know about it. But that is my case for this week.
I feel like I rushed through that. I'm sorry. It just made me angry when I get heated. I talk faster. I already talk fast. So. Right. I mean, and, like, they have no idea, like, even why she could have been taken. Like, there's no, yeah. like... Yeah. motive nobody like exactly like she was just home from college sunbathing it's it's unsettling because you think you're you're in a you're in a public place you think you're safe you're just doing the normal thing you're doing the normal thing you're supposed to do at the beach and then all of a sudden in the blink of an eye or in the blink of creepy telescope guys i you're gone or his wife as she's or his wife there's who knows yeah and probably nobody but anyway it's just very... The whole thing's very weird. I mean, the telescope thing can be coincidence, but, like, why you wouldn't call right away, there's, like, still... Exactly. Like, it could that's, be coincidence, but there's still a lot of... Whole, I mean, landlines, but, like, still, only a couple minutes to go from outside and to inside. And he's at his house. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they found evidence... They found stuff in the Bronco. But you said they hadn't tested anything. No, we don't even know if it was human blood. It was brown hair. It might have been deer hair. Right. But they never, well, they couldn't arrest him because he completed suicide. But, like, they never really were like, it's definitely him either. No. You can't, obviously, you can't charge a dead person. But, I mean, yes, you can. You can do a postmortem conviction. But they technically can't defend themselves, so it's not correct. So, yeah, you may never know. Oh, yeah. And that's that's the most heartbreaking part. Like, ugh. Anyway. All right. So, that's what we have for you guys this week. Um. Oh, our hockey team won. Did we say that? Mm-mm. Our hockey team won, guys. I don't know. They're, like, they played, like, three other games. Yeah, so they won the first game. They lost the second game, and then they won the third game. Holy shit, man. Yeah. So the first, the second game, second and third game, they played the Senators, and they lost the first one. I think it was like five to three, and then they won the second one, three to two. Hmm. Super cool, super great. Um, also, something also that's in line with the hockey team. Oh, we mine's, get off, mine's not because Sierra we, knows me so well. Before I we, jump. We get off of the hockey team. Um, there was an article on the ESPN thing that said... <laughs> We're talking about ESPN. Who <laughs> the fuck would have ever thought that would happen? Uh, so one of the reporters, um, said that the Maple Leafs are... I actually have a few things that I wanted to say about the, about the <laughs> okay. hockey team. Okay. Okay, so that the, the Maple Leafs are his pick to win, like, the Stanley Cup, which is, like, the main thing mm-hmm. for hockey. And they're one of the... They're one of the original six founding teams. Okay, I did see that. That's interesting. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And they have the most Stanley Cup wins of any other team in the NHL. Wow, that's crazy. I think they have 13. And I just picked them because I like their name. (laughs) (laughs) Sierra literally just read me a list of hockey teams. And the more that she read me, the angrier that I got with these people's names. So she had like already picked that one kind of like... And then I was like, well, let's look at all of them to like make sure that that's <laughs> the, the more one. she told me, the angrier I got. <laughs> because that's one thing about me. I have very decisive opinions. Uh, well, to be fair, the names are pretty terrible. Like, yeah. seriously, what are you thinking? But yeah. I mean, whatever. Whatever. I think a lot of them are very historic, like very old names. Mm. So I think 
They probably just didn't do a very good job. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't very creative. <laughs> but there weren't very many teams, so it's not like you had to, like, think of something very unique. Yeah. So. That's true. Oh, well. Who would have thought that we would be talking about ESPN articles <laughs> on our podcast? <laughs> There's a, I mean, you could get into a fantasy league if you wanted to. God, no. <laughs> I don't know that much about it, so I decided that. Well, no, plus, I don't know anybody around here who is in an NHL um, fantasy league. So. Yeah, true. I don't know. I'll find something to do with all this time. Sierra was so funny. She goes, do you have anything planned for Thursday? Yeah. Oh, man. I just looked at her dead in her eyes and I go, yeah, um, I'm going to sit here, um, sit here and uh, watch Netflix. (laughs) 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 Um, So not a whole lot going on at the moment. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I don't remember. Oh, a whole lot is going on on Wednesday, though, guys. So Mm -hmm. the day after this comes out is the fucking inauguration day a big fucking deal <laughs> cannot I wait mean, a little bit a little bit of a big deal cannot wait um yeah mostly because i don't know if you guys saw this meme the other day but it was the moving boxes showing up to the white house oh, oh my god it was so fucking funny i cackled when i saw that picture um, how much stuff do you think they have to move out of there I do not know, but I know they are spending half a million dollars to clean the White House, which is the most they've ever spent on a presidential transfer. Which, uh, thinking of the um, spray tan stains alone, is probably a good bit of cleaning. Right, plus all the COVID outbreaks that they had. Oh, in yeah, there, because so. it was the hotspot for three, I believe, um, COVID outbreaks. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, but I think it's, it's either three or four. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's almost, it's almost a half a million dollars. I mean, it's a big place. It is a big place. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to be watching that. I think it's on at 1130. So something, I guess, for me to look forward to. (laughs) Um, oh, I started therapy guys with Talkspace. That was super fun. My therapist is super nice. Um, my mom's going to be clutching her pearls at the moment that I t- <laughs> I'm talking about it. But um, I think it's the the um, are like the older generations that are just mm-hmm. like, you don't talk about that. What? Well, She's like, in therapy. There's like the personal life and the public life. And so. I have like no fucking boundaries. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's what we have this week. Um, right. Nothing interesting. We have um, a break coming. Yeah, I don't, um, do you want to talk about, um, listeners at all? Oh, how many we've had this <laughs> month and how proud I am of us? Is so that, you guys is that are the killing one, it. right? <laughs> are you guys actually yelling at people down the street like I told you to? Because that would be hilarious and I need a video of you doing that. (laughs) Um, I'm just surprised somebody wants to hear me talk as much as I do, which is also hilarious because our most downloaded episode is last week's, Mm -hmm. which I don't talk that much. You still talk a lot. I do talk a lot, but like nowhere near as much as I usually do because you're telling me a story, Mm -hmm. which I find hilarious. So (laughs) thanks guys. Feel the love. Um, But yeah, so we, we've been killing it. I'm really, really proud of us and i i appreciate and love every one of you um i feel like i feel like that's all the the mushy stuff that i can get out i think that's a good transition to plugging all of the things so yeah okay i'm not doing it this week (laughs) (laughs) it's too stressful (laughs) go for it um 
Okay, so we're on Facebook, Instagram, obviously, Paranormal Podcast, and and we post um we'll post all the pictures that we post on the blog on social media as well. Yes. As important, timely, necessary, funny memes. Anything that really just catches my attention, I'm like, huh, let me post this on the Instagram. Mostly because I have no fucking clue how to work Facebook, so I just press that little button, share to Facebook as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. I haven't really mastered that yet, but that's... that's there you go. That's what I'll do. Yeah. And, and stuck at home. I don't know if that's really... I really don't think it's good. <laughs> but um, anyway, so we have a... <laughs> have our website which includes our blog which has the pictures and uh sources i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) i just started talking about when we were doing dishes earlier (laughs) okay we were doing (laughs) we were doing dishes earlier and our dishwasher is broken at the moment i feel like every week we talk to you guys something's (laughs) broken um but yeah our dishwasher was is broken so sierra was washing the dishes because she's wonderful and knows that i hate that part and i was drying them and out of the corner of my eye i see her pick up this yellow bottle and spray it onto the sponge (laughs) i swear it looked like she picked up mustard and sprayed it onto the sponge (laughs) and i just start cackling because all I see, all I picture is Sierra washing our dishes with mustard. <laughs> and I questioned everything. I was like, why does she have the mustard? When did she go get the mustard? And why are we washing dishes with it? And what did you tell me? It's very antibacterial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And for some reason, that just got me. <laughs> just popped back into my head. <laughs> There's not a lot going on right now. We do not recommend you wash your dishes with mustard. No, and if you do, tell me how that turns out. (laughs) It's probably just more stained than it was before. Everything has a nice yellow tint to it now. (laughs) Like when I cook with the turmeric. Or the pollen outside. (laughs) Oh, God. Anyway, Um. find us on the what? (laughs) On the blog. Anyway, as I was saying, pictures, <laughs> sources, and personal resources, should you need them, are on there. And Yes, keep y'all's mental health well. I'm working on mine. Y'all, everyone else needs to take a moment for themselves as well. Yeah, it's, it's important. Um, you can also contact us through our website, get in, or you can send us an email, paranormalpodcast at gmail.com, and um, you can send us some actual like physical mail if you want <gasps> yeah i don't remember what the address is sierra always does no. so the address is p.o box 1416 yes monroe north carolina 28111 yeah that's that's how many ones three ones three ones y'all <laughs> it's so funny every time we go to the p.o box i'm like which one is it that's just like every single time we record i ask her what is the password to the ipad because <laughs> i do not know oh man um and then we have patreon account yes page page yeah sure. we'll, we'll say that patreon page. patreon page yeah and um so yeah we have three tiers there if you can support us financially, that'd be awesome. Go check it out if you want to donate to the cause of keeping this podcast running. <laughs> Paranorm Podcast. 
Um, and then, all as always, um, you can support us by sharing and Do leaving a review. You. Or yeah, like scream it from the rooftops. Um, get a mega, get one of those like microphone things that plugs into your car. <gasps> I want one of those so bad. Okay, okay, this is what I wanted to talk about. This is really important, y'all. Sierra did not know what the slap chop was. Oh, my God. And I need someone <laughs> that knew what this was because it, it just, it makes my day. When I'm feeling sad, I go and watch the slap chop infomercial. And did I not almost verbatim tell you what the infomercial said? It, yes, it's definitely <laughs> true. And, but when I, I did, like, watch it, she was like, you have to go watch it. Yes, and I was it's like, so funny. Like, I, the product is familiar yeah. But the infomercial and Vince were not familiar. <laughs> Everybody needs to be familiar with Vince. I, and then, like, I just kind of went down a short rabbit hole of other things. All that I Vince... hear, I'm cooking. <laughs> I'm in the kitchen cooking, and all I hear is Vince, which is the man from the infomercial, um, continuing to sell us products. <laughs> and it was something about sticky, like. Oh, yeah. There's like a. It was the like sticky a, or something it was like, like that. A, a lint roller. Mm. And it's. Oh, I'm familiar with the product i just don't know what the name of it is oh yeah i don't remember there's something about sticky mm-hmm. and uh, then there was the invincible yes. uh, i just cleaner I, I think they're hilarious but the slap chop is by far my favorite infomercial yeah um, i think so so if you're feeling down guys just go watch the slap chop infomercial i mean the product looks very useful <laughs> Doesn't it? I want one so bad. I want one so bad. I'm really tempted. P.O. Box 1416. (laughs) Monroe. (laughs) Three ones, guys. Yeah. Two, eight. Three ones. All right. Anyway, no. um, But seriously, a shout out from the rooftop. Like, share, all that good stuff. And we will be back in two weeks. Two weeks. In two weeks. Goodbye, everyone. Go watch the Slap Chop infomercial. (laughs) Bye. Thank you.